0: Uh, let me ask you to rise when we read the Word of God. Uh, advantage of a series such as what we're doing is that I, I can be able to stop when I need to. So, no much worry. Praise God. First Timothy chapter 4. making the most of life's opportunity. So we read from First uh, Timothy 4, last week we had read from verse 1 onwards, what I would like us to do today is just read verse 1 only, and then pick up verse 7 and 8, and we'll run with everything else beyond that. The Spirit clearly says that in the latter times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits, things that are taught by demons. Verse number seven or six. In fact, let's start at six. If you point out these things, to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. The Lord had blessed in the reading of his word. When we come back later, we'll pick up eight and uh, focus on a few other uh, portions of the scripture that is in focus for our message. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to Deliver your most holy word. Grant us the sensitivity. It's the only what's necessary. And thank you for all that you're doing already in this service today. We submit ourselves to you through Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, with thanksgiving. Amen. You may kindly be seated. So this is part number three of our ongoing message, making the most of life's opportunities, with a focus on spiritual opportunities. I remind you that... Um, uh, when we began this series in part one, we looked at four lessons from the Ecclesiastes, the God-given opportunities are available to all, and we reviewed this last week, that we should not allow ourselves to be victims of circumstances, that we should take responsibility, and that we should place God at the center of um, everything we do. As we began part number two last week, I drew our attention towards global trends. And we observed the fact that as we look at uh, geopolitics, we look at mission, Christianity, and we compare those three areas, we see the following being revealed. And let me ask the team at the back there to to get to slide number four with me so that others can follow. So slide number four, if you can. We observe the fact that uh, the general global trends in geopolitics, mission, and Christianity reveal that Western nations are gaining strength politically, while the post-Christian Western church Is weakening, and I gave examples already. Weakening specifically in a shrinking public space. We observe the fact that ideologically infested policies are being pushed towards our non-Western governments, particularly here in Africa. We have bemoaned that and it is something we must continue to observe. We also observed last week that as we look at the geopolitics, we look at the mission trend, and look at general setting in Christianity, we are seeing, unfortunately, a a prioritization of um, uh, lesbian, gay, bisexual, uh, transgender, queer, Sometimes they add I there, intersexual, agenda. This, is, this stuff is taking center stage. And we know that it's aimed towards the sexualization of our young people. And so we have said that this is something we want to continue to tackle very directly. In the second service, which some of you may not have attended, let me mention, I did indicate the fact that for us here in Zambia, this came home very, very close. As we started a year and a half ago, the campaign to remove the current comprehensive sexuality education curriculum from our schools, we're still on that. We're in conversation with the Minister of Education. But I do recall that on the 6th of December, 2021, while we were in Samfia, I recall that that was a critical day for nations around Southern Africa, including our own nation, Zambia, because the nations were being asked to renew their commitment towards the Eastern and Southern Africa Agreement, a commitment where nations um, were making specific um, commitments towards realizing certain goals. And some of the goals are fine, such as reducing um, uh, teenage pregnancies, incidences of teenage pregnancies, and uh, reducing mortality that is related to um, uh, maternal. Uh, arrangements and so on. Those things are, are real and they're fine, but when we focus specifically on reducing teenage pregnancy and unwanted pregnancies and so on, our argument has been very simple. That comprehensive sexuality education, which is an example of what we are utilizing, what we are seeing as an attempt by Western governments to push ideologically infested policies onto non-Western governments, including our own. Including our own. When we see that, we want to remind ourselves that comprehensive sexuality education is not a silver bullet to cure these
1: unwanted pregnancies that are facing our teenage children. So
0: because something was happening that day, we had been in communication with the current Minister of Health, Honorable Sylvia Masemo, because they target health and education. I want to illustrate this so that you know how serious it is. Thankfully, to her credit, Honorable Masemo listened. We we're in communication on WhatsApp that day. Shared with her documents of our concerns. And we were hoping that Zambia on that day would not sign. Eventually, she said, okay, Bishop, I'm in a meeting. But please call and I'll pick up. And I called and she picked the phone. We talked and we explained. She said, Bishop, it may be late. Because these things will be happening online and we'll be getting into the call. The least I can do is ask you to phone in. In fact, he said, I will call you when the meeting is on. And sure enough, while we were in Sanfia, and we were actually out on the field near the church at Musaila Junction in Samfia, the call came and I stood away from the group. I said, It's a minister. I said, Bishop, you are on speaker, and our partners are listening. Can you make your case? So that's why I give her credit. That is why I give her credit. Can you make your case? So I went ahead and explained the concerns of the church in this whole area. That while we know that there are these challenges facing our girls, particularly girls in school, we think that comprehensive sexuality education, in the way it is crafted now, and the way the in school programs are being delivered and the way the out-of-school programs are being delivered is not a silver bullet. It is not the answer. We think that we must contribute to something different that can actually meet that need. So we made that case. However, unfortunately, while we made the case and the uh, indications were understood, I recall that the Minister of Education also came in and said, well, Bishop, Sorry, it's a little bit too late, and uh, so on. So, Zambia went ahead and signed together with the other nations. There are some nations that didn't. Ethiopia held back, I think Malawi held back. There was no hurry. The good thing is that that conversation is still going on. Why am I mentioning this? Because I want you as parents to understand that while this is on the table, don't leave it for your bishops alone. Speak to your members of parliament. This thing is still in process. This curriculum is still on the table.
1: Last Sunday after service, I'm grateful that a parent right here and a teacher Came to me and said, Bishop, thank you. This is hard for us. Sometimes we just receive these books
0: from the curriculum department. They just say, okay, now we've changed. This is what we're now teaching. There's nothing we can do. So I'm saying you as parents and as teachers get involved. Now some of you are already as teachers, maybe there are limitations because of your employment, but speak as a parent. Speak as a parent. Let us get involved. That's what I'm talking about. The sexualization agenda is real. And what we have done in our current conversation with government is that we have submitted dossiers, huge documents, where we have illustrated, where we have quantified, we have specified, we have identified things within the curriculum from grades 3 to 7, and the out-of-school curriculum especially, that's even more atrocious. We have identified the explicit things that are not okay and the reasons why we want this pulled out. They have those documents and the conversation continues. We will not rest until this is brought out. But what we have seen is that what we are talking about as ideologically infested uh, language and, and policies which are funded, we have given evidence of within these areas. So I'm asking parents to come on board. Did the parents hear me? Come on board. And that is why what uh, Deacon uh, Mwila was saying here about training children, taking them to vacation Bible school, is so important. That's part of it. But we must participate in the withdrawal that we are calling for so that together as a country, Based on our values, we can be able to give an alternative curriculum that will help our children. And the point we make is simple. Rather than sex, 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 sex in technical drawing and integrating all this out there, let's have something different. And we've proposed entrepreneurship, mentorship things, and uh, a capacity building. Helping our children to build character. Those are the things that should be integrated into all of those subjects. Are we together? Are the parents hearing me today? Lift up one hand and shout hallelujah. I thought I must make that point as we're doing this recap because it's very important. Let's move on to slide number 11. Out of every four Christians in this world today, the one that you meet out of every four is a Pentecostal Christian. So we can utilize the the faith that God has given us through our interaction with the Holy Spirit to do something that is real. We also said last week, recounting the words of Todd Johnson and Kenneth Ross. Slide number 12. Pentecostalism became the main contributor to the reshaping of Christianity from a predominantly Western to a predominantly non-Western phenomenon in the 20th century. I'm saying all this so that you, as spirit-led people who are listening to me, would see why this is strategic. This is the segment of the church that God is relying on to do something specific. Because we're in the last days and the Spirit is speaking clearly that people who believe in the power of the Spirit must
1: take the lead. That is what we are talking about. So in context, within 1
0: Timothy chapter 4, we say three things. We have a world steeped in deception and abandonment of the faith. We have a world that requires spiritual precision, since the Holy Spirit has already spoken very precisely and clearly about it. Thirdly, we said we have a world that, that requires to be spiritually alert and leaders who must be spiritually alert to take charge of all the key. Spheres, And in these spheres, remember we talked about conquering the urban challenge, the social challenge, the people challenge, the ideological challenge, and the spiritual challenge. So since we're looking at the spiritual issues right now, let me draw attention today in looking at a second aspect. So we went ahead, slide number 19, we went ahead to talk about three strategies that Paul develops for seizing opportunities in our day and time. One, mind, mandate clarity. Two, mindset change. Three, mentorship choices. So we want to deal with mindset uh, change today. I talked about mandate clarity, and we understood it. Let's, let's, let's focus on uh, mindset change today. Mindset change. in first Timothy chapter 4 verse number 7 the apostle says have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives tales but train yourself to be godly today's youth culture is dominated by an Entitlement
1: syndrome. Today's youth
0: culture is also dominated by an entertainment syndrome. Now, those two things present
1: a dual opportunity. What the entitlement syndrome does for the young people is it makes them
0: feel and act that whatever is going on out there, they have a share. They must have a share. But the unhealthy thing about that entitlement syndrome is that it also carries with it the fact that somebody must do it for you. It's yours, so they must give it to you. There are jobs out there, They are mine. But it's like you probably don't need to do much. Let them give you the jobs. The entitlement syndrome is a killer. The only thing that we must utilize as an opportunity is that at least it's causing someone to say, look, I am there. Take a look at me. And I'm calling out to young people to truly say to your generation, you are there. But cancel this entitlement syndrome and begin to take responsibility to do things for yourself, such as when they are trying to bring these sexual liberalism tendencies where they are targeting young people with these liberal ideas, stand up and say no. That's what we are talking about. Train yourself
1: to be godly. Somebody shout hallelujah. An entitlement mentality is sickening and weakening.
0: Because you will sit and wait for what you believe is meant for you to come to you. Then you will hate everybody that you think is walking away with what belongs to you. Then you will labor everybody that you think is taking away your opportunities. The opportunities you are entitled to. You insult them on uh, social media. You will spend your time. But that's how you are wasting away. An entitlement syndrome causes young people to rebel against authority. Because they feel that the powerful are taking away things that should belong to them. So we must deal with that entitlement syndrome. And entitlement syndrome causes a culture of laziness. So you can't do stuff for yourself. But you, the young, the energetic, you are the ones that must take center stage by utilizing the skills that God has placed in your heart and mind, the intellect, the prowess. Bring it. Into the kingdom. Present it to Christ. Train yourself. Did you catch that? Yes, you will be trained. And we are training you now. But there is a place for training
1: yourself. Train yourself to be godly. So don't recess. And say, so, well, I'm young. And this is not for me. No,
0: God says, you must, oh, remember in Ecclesiastes, you must actually offer yourself to the Lord while you are young.
1: Ecclesiastes 12. verse number one. Take your youth energy and present it to the Lord. And
0: your desire for entertainment. The Holy Spirit is a master at creativity. You allow him in your life. He will recreate things inside you. I can tell you that because I came to know the Lord as a young person. And my life took on a completely different angle and tangent to life. In Christ, I found my destiny. In Christ, I found true love. In Christ, I found my future. And all the stuff that I had done as a, as a senseless young person was behind me. And I made a commitment to a life of purity and chastity. And I'm saying to you, it is doable. Doable. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Found the love of my life. At a young tender age. I know what the Bible means. When it says. uh, That you must enjoy the wife of your youth. I was 24. And she was 22. When we got married. 35 years ago. And it's like yesterday. Four beautiful children. It's like yesterday. And she still looks like a sweet 16. I still look like a a tender, young, handsome teenager. Hallelujah! Offer yourself to God. Train yourself to be godly. There has to be a change of mindset. Do not think that things will be done for you. Begin to do things for yourself. In Zambia, this is the thing that will help us to do away with kadarism. Thank God, there's been a major push in this dispensation. For dealing away with Kadarism, especially taking the youths away from, from uh, the, this political activism that, that makes them just waste their lives. But this is an issue for us as Zambia. Because there has been this, this entitlement syndrome in our young people. When it's election time, they all want to receive something. No, we must turn this thing around. Parents, take the change Take the, take the stage, rather. Take to the stage and begin to lead these young people. I've often said, you know, they say, this one this belongs to that party. I've said, no political party owns a life. Everybody that's in political parties is from a family. And so we must ask, when these children fight during election times, they come from homes, where are the parents? Where are we?
1: Where are we? That we allow them to be out there. Used by politicians. Where are we? There has to be a mindset change. To the extent that.
0: When our our mind changes. And we put on the mind of Christ. We learn to work hard. We will utilize opportunities in the right direction. So let's go to Romans. Chapter number 12. By the way, before we go to Romans, let me emphasize something. In verse 7 when he says, have nothing to do with godless myths. The word used there is bebelos in Greek. That word Bebelos in Greek. Slide 26. That word, bebelos in Greek, describes something unholy, something irrelevant. Something unholy, something irrelevant. But Paul uses a very strong terminology. When he says have nothing to do with it, he really says reject. So take a stand. That's what is being said here. Take a stand.
1: So parents must take a stand. Young people must take a stand. Uh, we're having challenges there. Slide 26, please. Take a stand. So, with that now. Let me lead us to Romans 12. Romans 12 says. Romans 12 says. Do not let the world.
0: Ah, once again. Do not let the world. So don't be passive. There must be a mindset change. There. Do not let the world
1: force you into its mode. So
0: that mode is representing a mindset. The world has its mindset. In the current national development plan, mindset change is one of the the pillars of development. So when we talk with as I'm preaching now, we are contributing to the development of Zambia.
1: We are actualizing that pillar right now. We must change our thinking.
0: And not be waiting for election periods in order for us to have something in our hands. Elections are important transitions, but you and I in between must live life as it is. And we must live it with a mentality that enables you to have a livelihood that's awesome. Do not let the world Push you, squeeze you into its mold. Secular thinking and godly thinking. Things that take you away from the values of the kingdom. But the Bible says be transformed by
1: the renewing of your mind. So when you talk about mind renewal, we are addressing that pillar
0: in the development plan. We must all get there. In fact, verse number one of Romans 12, when it says, this is your most reasonable act of service or act of worship. the word reasonable there is from a Greek word, lokike. The Greek word "logike" is the one from which we take the word logic. Which means the scriptures are saying this is the most logical way to live.
1: There's a mentality that must change. And may God help us. I said may God help us. How come? People from other nations come. Some of them are not big
0: investors. They make their money here and become big. Here. Some families move here called in by other families literally with nothing. But while here in Zambia, they build wealth. And you and I are sons and daughters of the land. We're watching and we just keep saying, oh these foreigners. Oh, this. No, change your mind. Take charge. Seize the opportunities before you. And there are many. Right now, there are opportunities. With the increased um, Constituents Development Fund, there are opportunities. Change. You can just sit by Okay, we'll see if this the Constituents Development Fund works. Okay. Come on! It won't help you. To sit there, to wait until you say, huh, I told you, Momina, by Vendalam, me I knew they would steal this money. <laughs> you will talk like that all year long. 25 million kwacha from Constituent Development Fund is now in the community. And the signs are clear. The guidelines are clear. They have called on people to form cooperatives. They've called on churches to form cooperatives. They've called on different groups to form cooperatives. How to access these funds They are now in the community. Change your mindset. This may be done by a political party that is in government, but it's being done for all people. Participate. Participate, don't sit there, and that's a problem because we're so infested with this political device. Even when something positive is happening, we want to just come on, change your mind, wake up, take to the stage, and do something in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout, Hallelujah! Train yourself to be godly. There's a proposition. A preposition in that statement, train yourself to be godly. Uh, That preposition is a little word called pros. Pros suggests strengthen yourself towards something. And in this case, strengthen yourself towards godliness. So change your mind. Strengthen yourself towards this godly stance. Take charge of your life in Jesus' name. Training requires discipline. It also means we need to learn. Some of you young people, there's so much money you have in your hands and you're wasting it on bundles. (laughs) Train yourself to think differently. That the next time you have 500 quacha with you, you will take 50 and put it in bundles. You take the 450 and invest it somehow for it to multiply. Some of you are crying, saying, no, these people, you know, now they're in office, they're forgetting us, you know, next time the election's in Shakayeko. You're wasting your time. In the meantime, you're blowing 500 kwacha, 600 kwacha on bundles and just posting pictures and uploading this, downloading this senseless stuff. When you should be saying, when you get that 500 quarter, In the last, I will talk about taking charge and, and uh, using economic opportunities as one of the next few things, but let me preempt it. So you need to be at a place where, when you have that little bit of money, think about what can I do with it? Ah. If you don't know what to do with it, talk to people. And you here at church, there are so many, look, Elodach well, Chumba is right here, and there are many others that you can talk to and say, look, I have... Don't be ashamed. Say, I have five hundred quacha which I want to invest. What can I do? There are people here who will help you. Yeah, Papa Bandos, Bandos, food. You, you, you even borrow, you even borrow airtime. Change your mind. I say, change your mind.
1: That Romans chapter 12 actually calls
0: attention to an engagement of the totality of one's being, body, soul, and spirit. When it says, and let's just observe verse number 12 again, uh, chapter 12 again. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. I said the word lokike there is used, but also indicating the fact that body, soul, and spirit are being summoned to a totality of engagement in life. Not, not an unhealthy dichotomy, where you're in church on Sunday, and from Monday to Saturday, you're living another life, and what you got from church doesn't affect the other sector. Uh Uh-uh. There must be a fusion. What we say today Affects your tomorrow, affects your tomorrow, Monday, affects your Tuesday, affects your Wednesday, affects your Thursday, your Friday, your Saturday. You come Sunday again and we pump, 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 you go out again. That is transformation with
1: a changing of the mind.
0: Last week I mentioned there's a small to medium industry. Have you even gone there to say, I. This is small to medium industry. Uh, Just as a citizen, I want to know what is there for me. They will listen to you. They tell you how, if you have a small company, this is how you can participate. And some of you are owning small companies, and you've been crying about the 20% of uh, offers in construction while the foreigners take the the, the biggest share. That's a legitimate cry and concern. But I have observed. Road number 55, where we live, was constructed by some foreign company. I know that the 20% offer for drainages was left for a local company. The drainage right outside our home is still unfinished. Two years. (laughs) And I know that there's a local company that was given that contract. You can't keep crying when you actually can't meet the grade when you are given the opportunity. So one time uh, about mid last year, we called the city council. We We tried to ask, so who was given the contract here? The drainage is still unfinished. The road was finished two years ago. So for you, if you think like that, the small to medium industry, this ministry will do nothing for you. You must change the way you work. Add excellence. Be faithful. Finish the Greenages. Finish them well. So that you can truly say at a Zambian company, you are meeting the great. We've been on the road, the great north road, to uh, uh, Kasama and the other places. You and I know sections of some of those roads that were given to local contractors, and the state of that of the of those roads speaks for itself.
1: Anybody home?
0: You're given an opportunity to supply masks. There've been masks being supplied. They pay you up front, you disappear. (laughs) And these people have serious problems when they go to the public accounts to account. (laughs) Because you're one of those Zambian companies that disappeared and you didn't supply what you were told to supply. No, we must change. And if you are in church, change. Change. No amount of prayer will change you. Repent and then change. Then come for some actioning. I will pray today that God now can anoint. He doesn't anoint emptiness. He anoints hard work. You go out there, they give you a contract for masks, you run away. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. Train yourself to be godly This is making sense to someone here today And some of you Have the audacity To even do business with the church No, 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 but I must tell you this is to do business with the church Uh and sometimes our people at the office they come and say bishop Uh, this is what happened uh, who is this
1: uh,
0: and so on and they are in church uh, we take action you know if you you are going to do business with the church do it well Because yes, there must be a way in which your company can supply to the church when we have big events. But you can do it professionally and add to what the kingdom really ought to be. You like this thing about mindset change? Does it make sense? Oh yeah. Everybody hearing me shout hallelujah. Hallelujah.
1: Telling you, we've had those experiences. That
0: while I'm in a person. Wait. (laughs) All right. So today I thought I must emphasize this thing. My mindset changed. Let me lead you to verse number three, and then we'll wrap up. Next week, I will be dealing with mentorship choices. And also, I'll touch on economic opportunities. But just now, let's go to um, uh, chapter 12 and verse number 2 and 3. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good and pleasing and perfect will. So, What God is promising is that with a transformation of mind, you literally get elevated to understanding the higher will of God, the higher agenda of God. Read it again. Read it again with me. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the Bible says, then. This is conditional. So this thing about changing your mind
1: is critical. Changing the way you think. Think is critical. We're looking for excellency. Then you will be able to test and
0: approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. May that be your portion in Jesus' name. So today, I'm asking you before we pray for you, I'm asking you to do something. I'm asking you to determine to shift, to change your thinking, to allow for the removal of that which is ungodly, that which is uncomely, that which is unacceptable that which leads people to laziness, to an entitlement syndrome. And that is why if we don't change this entitlement syndrome, the Chinese will keep coming and ruling us economically. And we might preach everything we want to preach, they will keep coming. But if we will be able to take our share, the Chinese will measure up. Right now they are ruling us economically, paying slave wages to our families, because we have allowed it. Because we have a mentality where it seems okay to allow this thing to go that way. Because we have chosen to be lazy. And, but we must now get up and train ourselves to be godly. Now you're saying, Bishop, godliness. So, of what value is this? Verse number eight. Of what value is this? Verse number eight. Of First Timothy 4. For physical training. Is of some value. But godliness. Has value. Godliness has value. For all. Things. So it has value for the economy. It has value for your spiritual life. It has value for your family. It has value for today. It has value for the future. Holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Train yourself to be godly. And your business culture will improve. Your life in the family will improve. Your love life will improve. Your relationships will improve. Your faithfulness to God in tithing and stewardship will improve. That is what godliness does. Train yourself to be godly. So I want to start there. I know you like to hear very powerful prayers coming from us. I will do the powerful prayer shortly but I want you to do your part today. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Praise God.
1: Quiet. Come.
0: Remember that God wants you to overcome. So I want you to make up your mind. A student, I want you to determine today that you work harder. Even if you have the type that says I can get in an exam and pass anytime, not every day is the same. Even the best and brightest of us can fail one day. So put in the hard work. If you are employed, whether by government or private sector, put in the hard work. If you're self-employed and you're looking for entrepreneurship success, put in the hard work, do the hard work, clarify your goals, strategize, plan, but it all starts with training yourself to be godly, requires discipline, so what do you make that decision, do your part. to your part um, the Lord just dropped the word for you today and then what I hear from the Lord is that he's, he's, he's heard your know, Christ like you've been through a season of so many questions, even doubting whether, door and then the Lord is saying that he is preparing you for this next phase but there have been many questions in your life and then God wants you to know that he's heard your cry he's heard your cry he's singled you out for a reason so while we all are out there let me ask you to engage with God To be So begin to pick out the things that you really need to do. Just now,